out, we'll come out, we'll come to play. Just for recreation's sake to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to The Stern. Look, I'm Kangaroos Forever. For today's show, we have the ever-positive and talkative Quiv. Welcome. Good evening, guys. Good to have you on. Also tonight, we have a man that likes to dress in capes when he attends matches. He challenges random opposition posters to fights, and he also puts the Cape Crusader to shame. We have Philly Roo. <laughs> that is the best intro I've had on this show, so thank you. That's all right. It's a Randy Marsh South Park reference for those listening. Firstly, <laughs> <laughs> we'll start up with thumbs up, thumbs down. So I'll go first up because I know Quiff probably doesn't have too much to offer in the positivity department. So my first thumbs up will probably be J-Mac's pretty good form over the last few weeks. I've been very pleased by that. So it is still the funder there, Philly. And my second thumbs up will be... That basically, after many long and soul-searching weeks, Lockie Lugan Hansen has finally been picked by Sack Scots. I'm very pleased by that. And my first thumbs down will evidently be the loss, where we just couldn't kick a goal against the VFL standard backline. And my second thumbs down will be just the injury list is just it's not going away, and the niggles are just ruining our season. So, Quiv, just negatives, I suppose, for you. Um, of the loss, really. Um drained me. I haven't paid much attention to any footy talk at all this week, so that's a big, big thumbs down for me. Oh, one big negative there, Philly. Thumbs up's really hard. I mean, Saturday, and, and I'm captain positive, Saturday night was, was shit, so I'm going to start with the thumbs down. I, I thought we played really dumb, bad football. I thought that the midfield in particular had a pretty average game. I thought the way that they kicked it to Mad Jack after uh, Ben Brown went down was just horrible. When, when they put it up there and gave him gave him a proper run at it and gave him a chance, he, he presented well and I thought he took his marks, but the delivery was some of the worst I've seen. Um, Jed Anderson was the other thumbs down for me. We spoke about it in the pre-show and Quiv reckoned he was nearly there. It was nearly the worst game of football I've seen by an North Melbourne player for a while. Uh, I'm going to try to find a thumbs up and I can't use J-Mac because you've done it. So I'm going to say my thumbs up that we have better crowds than Scray do. That's my thumbs up. Because no one turned up last Saturday night. When we played them as our home game, it was a good crowd. Much better than what their crowd provided, I believe. And I think uh, our members are showing up. We've got good membership numbers and we've got good attendance numbers this year. So that's my thumbs up. It was hard, though, to find one. Yeah. There's, there's not many this week. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to a bit of club discussion now. There's not a heap there. So we'll start with a bit of history. So back on this day, August 11, back in 1995 at the MCG, we beat Richmond by good old 10 points. And on that day, Brett Allison kicked five. Wayne Carey, of course, kicked five. Longmire kicked three. King kicked one. Rock, Swass kicked one each. And we beat them, as I said, by 10 points. Just a bit of history on this day. Cause That's really good. That would have been. A, I think I was at that game. How many years ago did you say that was? 1995 on yeah, August 11. I, I would have been sure. That was good. <laughs> Love beating the Tigers. <laughs> of course you do. And just a little bit more on club discussion. Ed Vickers-Willis has been nominated for the Jim Steins Community Leadership Award. So this is basically his work with the huddle. So particularly teaching with mathematics, accounting, etc. So he's... 
pretty much played a leadership role with the huddle, which is fantastic, and he's really helped a number of school students out with that work. So I know that's very bare bones. I apologise about that, but the club's not doing much at the moment. We'll move straight on to the VFL. Well, inc- incidentally, we'll extend that a little bit. Edvik as well, as, I don't know if you guys have heard him speak. He, he speaks better than any other football I've, footballer I've seen. Or heard probably I'm talking about the way he speaks, and but the other thing about him, he's he's not selected in any of the three sides this week. Does anyone know why? That's a mystery. Okay. Anything? No, I, I would not. <laughs> you would know, would you? No. <laughs> you, you kind of avoid the North Board during the week. <laughs> um, yeah, mostly. <laughs> no, I'm not sure what the case is. Oh. I'm not sure if he's carrying a little niggle or something like that. I know there was reports of that about two weeks ago, but I don't know what it is. That's a bit strange to me. Like Jed building, I mean, he's building nicely, though. He, he's going to be a player, I think. I think next year he uh, he could push his way in, definitely. Well, he's been in an emergency already once this year, so he's not that far off. And I think there is something wrong. Otherwise, I think he might have been in before Lockie, but... You know, is that might be another thing with Lockie, whether it's for Brown or Thompson, I don't know. That's a discussion for a bit later with Lockie. Um, so we'll just go straight to VFL then. So Vickers Wills, as you said, very good form, 18 disposals, 7 marks, 6 tackles, good defensive work. He, he's having a very good year. He really is. Uh, he's very much on the cusp of selection. And Durden, Durden's been used as a bit of a swingman at the moment. He didn't have a lot to do. He only had 9 disposals and 5 marks. Fordham, Fordham does what he does. He racks up the disposals, does a little bit with it. Sometimes he doesn't. Kicked a nice goal. Lockie Hansen played a bit of a swimming role in the VFL. 11 disposals, 5 marks a goal. It's not great form heading into a mat- AFL match, but who knows? He might play a bit better against better opposition. Mitch Hibbert, 20 disposals. He's building nicely. McKay, 7 disposals, goal. Nahas. I can rattle on about all these, but Proust... In particular, has been quite good, but his disposal count is not terrific at the moment. So really, the main story is we lost the VFL again. Not that great. And the match this weekend's against Casey, so I believe that's Melbourne's team. That's at Casey's Fields on Sunday at 2 o'clock. I'm not sure. If, I'm pretty sure that's not televised. So just to finish off... Um, Sorry, when's that one? Is that? Did you say that was Sunday? That's Sunday, 2 o'clock. Yep. Yep. And just finishing off with Mountford. It's been tagging the last few weeks, so his disposal count, as people have noticed, has been quite down recently. So we're just trying to teach him the defensive side of things. But I don't think long-term we need another tagger. We need someone with a bit of pace in the midfield because nine disposals in the VFL isn't great. Anything to add, Philly? No, I, I mean, I think Bruce is the one that's, that's probably, apart from Vickers Willis and, uh, and Clark coming through from the VFL, I think Bruce is the... The good news story so far for me. I, I think that from from the way he looked when he first started training at the club, he looked like he was going to take a long, long time to to develop. But he seems to have fast tracked. And some of his aggression around the packs. I mean, he he really could turn out to be our version of Shane Mumford. And I mean, Goldie's. I don't know how old's Goldie's? Goldie twenty six or something like 27. that. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Goldie hasn't looked great towards. The, you know, as this year's gone on and on, and I'm not sure whether it's an eagling injury or maybe he's, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe he's, he's starting to go down the other side of the mountain. But um, having having Bruce building, and he's a guy with a huge amount of size, and athletically I think he's pretty good, but he's used to the ball. I mean, he, he kicked a really good goal the other week from outside 50 from a set shot, and also some of his uh, his entries into the forward 50 have been pretty impressive too. I, 
I really like Proust, and I think he's going to be a uh, a great pick. When we look back on where we got him and how we got him, I think we're going to be very, very happy with what we got. So what style of Ruckman, just for those that don't watch too much VFL, what type of style of Ruckman do you think he'll develop into? Again, I, th- I think a real Shane Mumford type. He really, when he tackles people, he picks them up. He, I mean, he played a lot of rugby, so he tackles like he's playing rugby. He picks them up and he drives them into the ground and really tries to lay the hurt. He, um, he doesn't look like he's got a huge jump on him, but I mean, pure size and weight. He's like, he, he dwarfs when he's standing next to, uh, the other players. When, I mean, cause again, I've spoken about it a few times that game, home games, the non-playing players sit just near us and he, he dwarfs everyone. He makes everyone else look like they're tiny. And even when you see him at training, walking around with Goldie and with other like Alex Ashenko and these guys are big, big dudes. Bruce is, is way bigger and, uh, yeah, I, I think Mumford's uh, exactly how he'll turn out. I mean, hopefully, because I think Mummy's a star. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's just a big basher. Mm. He's probably the sort of guy that could get himself in trouble with the tribunal, and I think he already has. <laughs> I think he, I think he's he's the guy that hit Trelaw in the... Oh, that's um, right, he did too. The, yeah. And then but the I, don't think, I, didn't, I don't think he hit him. I just picked him up and dumped him on the ground, and Trelaw laid there like the little bitch he is. But I think, um, yeah, that Bruce is a beauty. We're going to be really happy we got him. Yeah, so... Probably a bit more time in pre-season, and then we can see where we're at. Yeah, I mean, the other, I mean, the other issue as well is he's, he's definitely behind Cody, and depending on what happens with Majak, I mean, I, I would like to see us sign Majak up to a deal in, in the coming weeks. I'd, I'd really like that, and obviously we're probably going to talk about Drew Petrie later when we talk about the game that we played against Footscray, but I w- would imagine this is Drew's last year, definitely. So hopefully Majak can can uh, can start forming a, a bit of a uh, partnership with Ben Brown up forward, and that'll that'll, that'll maybe leave a position for Proust to come in if Goldie ever gets hurt, God forbid. Or you know, and and, and Proust has got he might take another two years to get to where we really really want him as well. And and by then we don't know where we'll be at. We might have traded someone or brought someone else in, or you know, God knows. But it, it's great to have a good developing ruckman. I mean, some teams can't can't buy a good ruckman, and we we seem to continually produce them, so it's it's a good thing. Well, last couple of years we have, yeah, but. Not so much the Hale McIntosh years, but was, even then, I think, I think people forget how good H was. Though. H was a really good player. He just got I mean, struck down by injury. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I can't remember what year it was, but we were talking about H being a chance to win the Brownlow one year. I mean, we might have been a little bit optimistic and a little bit silly, but H was a good player. He was a really, really good player when he was fit. Definitely. Even Hale in his times, like he kicked eight against Geelong in one game. Like that was. Yeah, I was there. I was I was there that day. That was sick. I mean, we still got beat, but Hale was uh, enormous that day. Yeah. And then we decided to turn him into a full time forward. Not well, I guess, but we yeah. had a, we had a glut of men. And when he, I mean, even at Hawthorne though, when he won premierships, he wasn't was he? He was more of a forward than a ruckman there, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he was. He was definitely both. Five. He was more of a ruckman. I thought he was a good contested mark. Yeah, and he was. Yeah. A, he was a really good shot at goal. I mean, I. I don't necessarily disagree with the sending in Ford thing. I, th- I think of the of the three players we had, I mean, I think Hamish was was never going to be a Ford. He was always just a ruckman. But at least at least Hale had that string to his bow. And if you wanted to to play your best players on the park, you had to play them both and, and send one of them forward. It made sense to to do that with Hale. Yeah, but we we're talking about the days where we played Alan Ops, Josh Smith, Lockie Hanson, or Ford, Senaf back, Senaf Ford. We kept changing him. We had Robbie Tarrant in his youth. We had no idea we were going to put him. Those were interesting days. 
those are the days of Shannon Watt. Oh, they were interesting days, anyway. Yeah, I mean, but that, yeah, I mean, Obston Smith are interesting ones, but the, the team that we had, they, there's got to be some big arguments to them overperforming for a few of those years. To here's some pretty average football. I mean, I mean, you, Lance Pachoni was playing football for North Melbourne, and like. It's, it's, Lance Pachoni's a ripping guy, but geez, some average footballers came through. Really average. Yeah. And yet, and yet we always seem to be around the mark. I mean, is, is this still club discussion? Is it, is what we're in? Or no, we're, we're just, this probably goes back to club discussion a little bit more, but we, um, I've, I think perennially, perennially we, we overperform and that, and that's, I don't know what it's due to, but I mean, we get value for money more than, more than any other club that I can think of. Do you so, think so, it's club direction strategic? vision or is that more so just one of those things i mean it, it probably hurts us in a lot of ways I, I don't know whether you guys listen to it but last friday night um brad scott did the uh the sen the coaches box thing mm-hmm. and did you listen to it quick i haven't i wanted to but i missed it unfortunately it's, it's on their podcast you can you can google it like i all i i didn't listen to it on the night i listened to just googled sen podcast and it comes up he you can say what you like about the guy, and you probably will in a second, quickly. <laughs> Fuck, he talks well. He presents the club so well, and he he's not one to make excuses. I mean, at no point this year has he raised the injury spectre at all. And Buckley, every time Nathan Buckley speaks, the first word out of his mouth is injuries, injuries. But Brad Scott's, all, what he says is there's, there's uh, challenges that we've had that we're addressing internally. That, that's his code word for injuries. He doesn't want to make any. But what, what, what he said that I found really interesting was one of the commentators, I can't remember who it was, someone said, but the Western Bulldogs are the, uh, the picture of how to rebuild quickly and get straight back up there. And, and Scott said, that's fine. But to be fair, they got Bont and Stringer as top five draft picks in, was it year after year or was it in the same year? I can't remember. And they got three father son in Libba, Hunter and Wallace. And they got a number one overall draft pick. Now, granted, the guy's been shit and he hasn't provided anything yet, but they've still got him on their list and that's something that they're going to be able to build with in the future. Now, in the entire time Brad Scott's been in North Melbourne, he's had one top 10 pick and that's Ben Cunnington. And he's had one father-son pick and that's, that's it. So the way, the way that teams regenerate is that they, they need to get a glut of early draft picks in a row and we just don't get it because, of, because we play above ourselves and because we, we finish eighth and win two finals and play in a prelim. Because we don't... We don't. We, all our players want to stay at the club. I mean, the only one we've lost in memory is Levi. Have we lost anyone else? Oh, we did. Yeah, but Curry. But who cares? Um. <laughs> yeah, but Curry. But we. But we gave him up because he needed opportunity. We didn't. He wasn't, yeah, we, he wasn't we did a, him a job. What a favour. Yeah, there. he wasn't a desired player on our list. Whereas other teams have players that walk out or that leave, and then they they bottom out or they get draft picks in for them. But I mean, that's something that that we simply don't do. And. <laughs> It's great because we've seen, as much as I wouldn't say we're a destination club, but we're a club that, that in the last few years, at least, good players have chosen to come to. But we just, maybe, I don't know, maybe we, we do too well. I mean, maybe we'd be best to do what all these other scumbags do and finish down the bottom. I think we refuse to be mediocre. I think we're very much, I know it's a, I know it's a very generic thing to say, but when you expect for a young side, you expect them to be mediocre, automatic bottom top eight. With North, you always expect them to at least push middle upward. That's, that's every year, no matter mm. how crap our list is, we push for the same goals. And maybe something does need to change. Maybe you're right. It is a discussion we've had multiple times. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't want to go through a year of 18 games. I mean, you look at the number one, you look at the top 10 draft picks, Melbourne's team. Like, their team's four of them. 
you look at the top 10 draft picks in Footscray's team, there's so many of them. You look like GWS and Gold Coast, like St Kilda. Like the, the top 10 draft picks in all of those teams, just out of control. And mm-hmm. at, at some point, lack of talent or an abundance of talent is, is, is going to show. I mean, there's, there's development and there's coaching and injury lists and there's all those other sorts of things that, that come into it. And, and don't, I mean, and Hawthorne's the other one. We talk about what a, what a great side they are. And they are a great side. Do you know what? They got, they bottomed out and they were sh- And they got Jordan Lewis, Lance Franklin and Ruffhead. Jared Ruffhead in the same draft in the top 10. They got, they did their all-time draft of trading Trent Crow to Fremantle for the number one overall pick getting Luke Hodge, and then two years later, giving Fremantle pick 65 and getting Trent Crow back. That's incredible. Incredible. I mean, people, people talk about how Richmond fucked up the draft when they took Aaron Fiora over Pavlich. But how the fuck can Frio give up, <laughs> give up a number one overall pick in the best draft that we've ever seen, the Hodge-Judd ball draft, for, for a bloke that only stayed there for two years and was shit at Frio? Like, it's... Uh, uh, anyway, I mean, Hawthorne are great. They're a good side. But they took it in the backside for two years so they could yeah. get the picks. And exactly. that's what we, we don't do that. 2006, even 2006, we didn't try to experiment with youth too much. We just didn't have a very good side. <laughs> and that was yeah. the year with the Hay and the Thompson and all that crap going on. So there was a lot more to it. We just don't accept mediocrity. So 2006, where did we finish from memory? Oh, I was like, we got Hanson with what? Pick pick three. So we got Hanson pick three. Yeah, so third last. And Geelong took Selwood. Don't go there again. No, no. That's painful, isn't it? So, so we had, we had, we're, so we've had Hanson as a pick three and we had Cunnington as seven, was he? Yeah, and then before that, I think that highest one was Daniel Wells for Kerry. Yeah. We don't have many. <laughs> last 16 years has been pretty barren. Yeah, and it's going to be a while. I mean, I, 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 I'm at the point now where I, I don't care what we give up. I, I want O'Meara or Swallow this off-season. And if it, if it means we've got to give up someone that I really like that's an established player, I'm, 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 I think I'm going to be okay with it. I mean, you wouldn't just wait for five next year? Yeah, like we'll get him. Well, maybe we can. Why can't we? Unless we, we need to offload and then just do a Boyd-style deal. But we can do that now. We really could. And this is the discussion we're going I mean, to have at but, the end but, of this is, but this is another reason why we probably get some of the veterans to play on. Because you've got to reach the salary cap floor as well. I mean, maybe we, we, we get... I mean, I think Boomer plays on regardless. But Boomer I plays think, on. Yeah. But, but Spud's been out. He really has. Apart from the fact he went up to the Bont and laid the wood on him. But he's been really, really good. I think Spud plays on. Wait, I think I said it last week, but if Wake can prove or the medical department can prove that his hip's not going to affect him next year, I, th- I think he has to play. So while we're on the subject, I know I just sort of interrupt, but... I was moving towards this anyway. Who's staying on our list this year? We need to have, probably have this discussion. I know probably after season, but it's worth having now. Who I goes? Flip, I flip flop on Nicky Dell every. I'm, I'm, yep, he's been really good, and no, he's been shit, and he's good. I thought he was really, sh- <laughs> I thought he was really shit the other night. Yeah, but then, I, but I the week before I said he was really, really good, and and I read it. I think I mentioned this last week, but I read a stat that. The number one player in the AFL for delivering the ball into Ford 50s Boomer over the last two years, and number two is Nicky Dow. Mm. So, I mean, I, but, but I had him retired at halftime last week. I'd, yeah, I, I think I'd, as bad I'd, as he really can be, I think he plays on next year. Because so, he's good, he's still very good. But we need to start thinking about, because I think this is Fredo's last hurrah. And, and as good as he's been, it's his last hurrah as far as I'm concerned. Him and Petrie are the two. 
we need to start staggering the veterans out. No, it's bad to say, but we need to think strategically here. We need a mini rebuild, not a massive rebuild. But I got you, but if you want to go after what, if you want to go after Nat Fife, you're better off keeping the veteran, don't you? Because then you, you clear the salary cap space for Fife. I mean, you know, in the in the NFL and the NBA, what especially the NFL, what they do is they look at the the what they call the class. They look at the, the free agent class that's going to come out in next year, the year after, and the year after that. And they structure their team to be best in best place to take advantage of what's going to be coming out. Mm. So they, they, I mean, so for example, let's let's sign let's let's sign. Fuck, I'm not going to say Patrick because he was so bad the other night. Let's sign Spud, Dal, Boomer, all for one more year and keep the salary cap floor up high, up to, to the standard that it's got to be at. Keep the kids on on what they're on now and throw fucking. Everything at that five for next year. Is he a, is he an unrestricted free agent? Uh, or is he I'd restricted? Ch- I'd have to check that. Um, I'd imagine restricted. Yeah, I'll, just due to his age, I'm yeah, pretty sure. I'd imagine. Was he 23, yeah. 24? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we know. need to throw the kitchen sink at him in either case, really. We need to throw whatever we've got. We need to throw pyres and establish pyres. I think Lockie might be the key with that. Because Fremantle, they need someone who can play forward. And Lockie. No, nah, mate. Lockie will be... I, I can't see Lockie. I know, I'm just work. throwing out options here, but... but... But by the end of next year, I mean, Lockie would have to do something pretty drastic to have any draft value, any trade value by the end of next year, wouldn't he? I mean, it's not this year, is it? No, no it's, it's next the end year. of next year. End it's of next, next year. year. Yeah. Well, I mean, lot, there's a lot of time that, between then and there, so... Well, he's, he's still contracted till next for next year. But Fremantle... Fremantle like, what, I saw somewhere today, I caught all day today, which I might mention later, but I saw, well, when I tried to give my mind a quick break, I saw someone wrote, I think it was on SEN, that um, if because they're talking about St Kilda going after him, the St Kilda would have to give up their next two first-round draft picks and that Blake Akers, who's a really good player. He's a top, I think he was a top five draft pick himself. Oh, he's a very good player, Akers, yeah. Like, that's, that's the sort of asking price that Fremantle would want for Nat Fife. Yeah. Two first round picks and Blake Acres. But what personnel do we have to offer for a five? So we'd have to give up two first round Magic. picks. That's not the worst thing you've seen. He has a great year next year. And then I, I can see that. And then by the time it goes, Durden McKay would have been fairly well developed by then. Another season to those two. So two first round picks and Madge. If Madge has a good enough year to, to do that. I reckon they can do it. Yep. I don't hate it. I don't mind it either. Anyway, some some people are going to listen to that and say Madge isn't good enough to do that. But well, don't trade Madge. But uh, saying that he might be an answer to our prayers and filling Drew Petrie's spot. But who knows? It's a discussion for later on in the year, just seeing how we go. Really? Yeah. Why don't we send Sean Atley over there? Who said that? (laughs) That's fine if we get five. (laughs) Oh, that's an interesting discussion actually. On the side note, that is. Should um should send Sean Atley forward. No, I don't don't mind the idea, but anyway, it's a discussion for something in the realms of fantasy. So we'll move straight on to <laughs> questions. Oh joy, there's only a couple, so I'll start with you, Quiv. Uh, Gasso asks, good form is winning form. We could go into the finals with two or three wins from our last twelve games. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I guess so. You never fail to to please me. Um, yeah, good form is winning form. It would be nice if we could get it. That's for sure. I don't really know how to answer your question. I guess so. 
<laughs> we never do, do we? Oh, dear. Well, it's obviously more as a joke. How do you answer a joke? You don't, but... Is the form concerning, I suppose, is more so the key word. Are you concerned at the moment? Without a doubt. Um, I said in the forum um, this week, I wouldn't be too disappointed if we do miss finals. Um, we're not going to win it from what we've seen. We can't miss finals, though, can we? We oh, can. Don't How? start that. I'm going to have a hug. If we lose and St Kilda win, that's everything. That's to win by a lot, though. No, we got a ship percentage. Yeah, the percentage is very similar. Oh, God, if that happens, will we troll for... Oh, I... Yeah, but, that, like, I don't know what Crib just said. Is it the end of the world if we miss? No, they're, got, they're 15% worse than ours. 15% yeah, but we've got Hawthorne, Sydney and GWS coming up. Yeah, but I'm pretty confident against GWS and Hawthorne, Sydney, not so much. Oh, I'm extremely... But hang on, St Kilda have got Sydney. They're not going to win that game. Yeah, okay. Fair point. Hey, I, I just listen to the media banging on, you know. How, how can North Melbourne lose... Yeah, but that's what, they've been doing that all year, though. That's the thing. And that's why a lot of us get the shits with the media, is the constant negativity and whining, and then they're pumping up teams in the exact same position, losing the exact same games we are. <coughs> Dogs. Um, yeah, I mean, Hawthorne lose to Melbourne last week. There's no mention of it. Geelong, Geelong. How many games did Geelong lose to just crap opposition? They, they lost. The did they lose to us? Carlton. Um, yeah. Collingwood smashed them. Yeah. And St Kilda was it? I think. Yeah, yeah. And no one meant like no one talks about him having soft underbellies, or I mean, yeah, it's a bit. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, Gene eighty. This is probably for Philly. So I haven't asked him one yet. Um, two questions. The first is a two-parter. Is it possible that Mark McClure has said something correct in saying that Brad Scott is under pressure? And what do you guys think about what's the pass mark for the season? Well, I definitely don't think Brad Scott's under pressure. At all. I mean, he signed an extension, so that releases some of the pressure because we're not the sort of club that's going to sack a coach and uh, and pay him out. The second thing to that is, I, I mean, I don't. I, as much as I hate to say it, last there was excuses last week, and he seems to have had excuses every week. And he don't, he won't bring them up. But we've we've lost players during games more than any other team in the competition. We've been decimated by injuries to key personnel all over the field, and I. I just feel like if if we had a decent run at it, we wouldn't be in the position we're in. I mean, it's very easy to say ibs and buts and maybes, but but if we didn't lose Cunnington, Dell, Nahas, we would have beat Geelong. If we didn't lose Ben Brown on Saturday night, I suspect it would have been at least closer. I mean, if Jed Anderson kicks a goal from 15 metres out straight in front, we're within five points. So if he we, kicks it longer, we yeah, we weren't far we weren't far away from from beating them. Like it. The, the game, the two games for the season that are, I'll look back on and be really angry about, and it feels like every year we have two of those games. But this year, those two games are the Port Adelaide game and the Footscray game the other night. I just they annoy me a lot. And but I don't, I don't think Brad's got the pressure. As for pass mark, again, that's a really thing, hard thing to quantify because at, before the season started, I would have said we've got to finish top four. When we were nine and zero, I said we've got to finish top two after getting the start. Then all these other things happen, and it sounds like I'm making up excuses, and I probably am. But I, I'm, I'm, I don't think the coaching staff could have done much more with with what's happened and how the season's rolled and the draw we had and all those other things. I, I, I just don't feel like there's a groundswell of anger against Brad Scott from the supporter base or the club, and I, I think he's doing a good job. And he, like I said earlier, he present he presents himself so well, he presents the club so well. 
And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Well, there's a lot of discussion more so about whether he's just too stubborn. Yeah, that's fine to present businessmen type. That's great off-field. I've no issues with that. But there are criticisms from the board that he's a bit too stubborn with his selections and his game style, his gameplay. So when you say the board, you mean the big footy board? Yeah, the big footy board. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Stubborn with did you say stubborn with his selection? Um, with certain selections for certain type players, like favouring experience more over you. If you know what the board's like, it's yeah, like keeping on picking Gibson. I'm not sure that I could disagree more. I mean, he, what 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 has he meant to have done this year that he hasn't done? He's played he's played two first gamers this year. He's given Brad McKenzie a massive crack at it. He's given Aaron Mullet a massive crack at it. We've had injuries all over the place. He's People say every single week someone blows up about the. I mean, to be honest with you, this week's selection did surprise me with Nahas coming back in when I thought there were other options there. But we're we're playing youth, we're playing experienced players. People blow up when he gifts. People were blowing up when Cunners and Jack were playing because he when they were kids because he was gifting them games. He gifted games to Sam Wright and he gifted games to Jamie McMillan. But then they get pissed off when we play. When we're not gifting games, people are saying, "Why isn't he playing the kid? Isn't that isn't that gifting games? I mean, he can't he can't win with some people." And I don't know. I, I, and if I hear one more person say he doesn't have a plan B, I'm just gonna. I think my head's gonna explode. I mean, he does he, have a plan B. He definitely does have a plan B, Quiv. He definitely fucking does. Players get <laughs> swung around all the freaking time to our detriment. Sometimes I think. Who? Ben Brown going into the ruck. That wasn't plan A. Let me give you the red hot tip. And he's, well, done it. he's hurt his knee. Lindsay Thomas running off the back of the square. That that was definitely wasn't in plan A. Cunnington at full back was the most interesting one. I've seen. Cunning, Cunnington yeah, and Zebel Cunnington and Zebel getting swung forward over the last two years. That's not plan A. I mean, there's lots of different things he does, but just because we lose a game doesn't mean that Brad Scott hasn't have a plan B. Every time we lose, someone goes, he doesn't have a plan B. Fuck me. Sometimes you just get beat. The other team is trying as well. They're getting paid. Like, fuck. Like Tom I mean, Boy getting paid a million a year to get four touches. But, but it'd, be, it'd be great if we won every week. It would really would be it, It'd be awesome. And we'd all be happy, and Brad Scott would have lots of plans. He'd, be, he'd have plans there. It's all sorted out. But it doesn't work that way. The other t- Sometimes you get beat by a better side. Sometimes you get injuries during games. Sometimes the draw doesn't work, and you're off a six-day break, and the other team's off a 14-day break like it was against Adelaide. Sometimes things like that happen. It doesn't mean that the coach is inept. It just means that we got beat. You got anything to add, Quiff? He hates Brad Scott. <laughs> no, Philly's berated me enough through that. <laughs> oh, I wanted a bit of spite. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, look, I, don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with a lot of what Philly has just said in the past two hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not this again. <laughs> But, um, no, I've, I don't really have anything to add. Nothing? Okay. Righto, final question for you then, Quiv, so you've been quiet. <laughs> and this is from your old mate, Greta Gatsby. Um, basically, the Hawthorne game, how we had the physical approach, do we approach the game in the same style this week? Um, definitely. Uh, should do that every week, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Shit, yeah. Just got to know where the line is. We don't want any stupid 50-metre penalties looking at you, Spud. Um giving cheap free goals to the Hawthorne team. So as long as we can be aggressive, be intimidating without giving away the freeze, go for your heart. 
Fair enough. Alright, well, we'll move on to the train wreck. That's the review. So we'll just spend like two minutes on this and then we'll just gloss over it. <laughs> I didn't watch the game, so I can't really comment. But by looking at the score updates, we just didn't score particularly well. So I'll just hand it all over to Philly and he can just rant away for the next three hours. I'll try to keep it short. I mean, there was so many disappointing things about the night. I think, I mean, the biggest disappointment was Ben Brown going down and, and look, it looked at the time to be pretty serious when he walked out of the rooms and then came back up in a tracksuit to, I mean, he's been selected this week. I think there's a, there's a fairly uh, widespread opinion that he might not come up and that's why Lockie's been picked. Um, but the other disappointing parts of it were I thought Jack Siebel had his worst game for the year. I'm sure that there'll be some that disagree, but I thought he butchered the ball when he got it. I thought he didn't get it enough, which may have been a saving grace because every time he did get it, he butchered it. But he, uh, he he didn't have a very good game. And the guy that I go to the footy with every week, he played for North back in the 80s, and I love teasing him about it. But he he loves Jack. Couldn't have been more critical of Jack through the night. So that was maybe that maybe it was him continually saying it that got it in my head that Jack was disappointing. As I said before, Jed Anderson played a shit game. I thought LT didn't play. His Best game and that hurt me because I love LT. J Mac was awesome, but we just got we just got beat. They're quick and we're not. It turns out we probably knew that already. But they're uh, when they move the ball, they move it really well. That Jason Johannesson's a good player. That Caleb Daniels a good player. Lockie Hunter is useless and doesn't hurt you no matter how much he gets the ball. Jake String is a fuckhead. I can't deal with him. He he does nothing all night and he kicks one easy goal and he celebrates like he's just broken the world record and won an Olympic gold medal. He's a flog. Yep. Um, they're, but they're, you know what? They're an okay side. The fans can't deal with them. But it was really upsetting. I was, I couldn't have been more confident leading up to it. I thought we were, we were going to smash them, and, and we did smash them. We beat them physically, but we, we just didn't use the ball well. As I said earlier, we didn't kick the ball to Madjack very well. And I think if you're going to have a player like Madge, you've got to be smart. Like I, I'm not the smartest guy in this conversation, but I know that if you've got Madjack in your team. You don't kick it on his head. You don't kick it to the other guy. You kick it to the space and let him run and jump at the ball because when he jumps, he jumps higher than everyone else on the field. So kick it there and give give the big guy a chance. But we I, we didn't do that, and we got felt like we got beaten in most positions on the ground, which sucked. Anything, right. anything else to add, Quiv? I mean, he's right in saying we beat them, but we had almost 100 more disposals than them, and... We did absolutely nothing with it. At the start of the game, we were just slowly chipping around, cutting through them, and that was fine. But then it, they started manning up, and it all went to shit. Um, I mean, lo- losing Ben Brown took away all our strike. He oh, was, he was really good ben. early, Ben, too. He was really, really good. Yeah, you could tell he was in for a good game. Um, yep. He was obviously switched on, took a few early marks, goal, yep. and then, then it was it, and it was downhill from there, really. And there's no excuse. I mean, they lost a the player early as well. Not not a very good player. But when you when you lose a player early, it changes your structures and changes the way you interchange and all that. And they 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 were also a man short. But we just uh, a kick was, forward. Your best forward yeah. goes down. That yeah, it stuffs you. I mean, especially when Petrie's having a mare of a season. Jared waits out. Majak's playing. You know, his third or fourth game for the year. But but he doesn't really have any continuity. Not only in the game, but in that forward line, which is important. And, it, um, when you lose your, your best forward, the matchups all change and it just, it just, it was a really, really intensely frustrating night. And, uh, I, 
I wasn't going to go and I got off at uh, Medallion Club tickets at the last sort of the day before. So I, I did go and it was uh, regrettable that I went and wasted my night there because it was shit. It was, it was very disappointing. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing else to add. I was up at the piss up so I didn't get to watch any of it. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing else to add, fellas, before we move on to the preview. No, no. Yeah, to the forget about it. Yep, move on, burn the tapes. Burn the tape. Right, we'll move on to the game on Saturday afternoon, which is nice. We're actually playing during the day for once, which is weird. But anyway, and outside, my God, what novelty that is. Yeah. So basically the ins for us, good old Lugie's back, thank God. I know people don't like him much at the moment, but I love him. And Tripod's back, no joy. Um, <laughs> Ryan Clark's been rested Apparently he's had a bit of shoulder problems During the week So he's been rested But he's still in the emergencies Which makes absolutely no sense And McKenzie's been omitted Though he may still come in Depending on ins and outs Heading into game day For Hawthorne They get Frawley back He's a big in Shields and Piopolo Decent ins And then they got debutant um, Ryan Burton I'm not sure if he's a relation to Spider Burton I'm pretty sure it's a brother <laughs> Um, and Beatty's soft tongue, because he's softer than Brad Hill. And Stratton's out, Heavily's out, Sicily suspended the diving flog. O'Rourke, the, one of the crappiest GWS players that have existed. And Tim O'Brien's been admitted as well. So, this is going to be interesting. Um, weather-wise, apparently it's might be, it's going to be sunny enough, so it's not going to be wet weather football, thank God for that. Um, I'm not looking forward to this, guys. <laughs> I don't think we're going to win this. I disagree. Uh, I think we're going to win by five goals. Why? Well, I, I think we match up reasonably well against them. I think we we beat them up last time. We beat them in every single stat. We kicked their ass in inside 50s and in shots on goal. We just kicked it like potatoes at goal. Um, I think in saying that, if Ben Brown doesn't come up, I think we're going to really struggle. If Ben Brown plays. I think we're a big chance to win the game. I think Majak scares them a little bit. I think I remember a Hawthorne game they beat us and Majak uh, tackled like a machine. And I, I just I, th- I think we we worried them. I think Jack and Cummers and Swallow. I think we're 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 built to compete against a team like Hawthorne really well. Yeah. Um, I think Sicily's a big out for them when they're already missing Jared Ruffett out of their best side. Um, I think Tarrant did a really good job on Gunston last time we played them. He'll play that, that role again really well. Um, and then, I mean, probably the, the biggest concern would be their small forwards in Bruce and Puapolo and Cyril. They're the, they're the ones we're going to have to shut down. Luke, if, if we all remember when Luke pinged his hammy and he's been out since when he chased down Cyril. Up until that point, he'd been kicking Cyril's ass up and down the park. Yep. And then when he got hurt, Cyril started having a bit of an impact. So I think not having Luke for this game hurts us a little bit. I'm not quite sure how we play the, the Cyril matchup. I guess the only thought is Atley plays on him. Um, mm. and, and then Mullet goes to Poopolo and probably J-Mac goes to Bruce. Yeah, that sounds right on. Yep. That's how you guys see it as well. Um, and Gunston to Tarrant. Thompson. I think Gunston Tarrant. Thompson Thompson. To the, Thompson's the resting ruck. So McAvoy currently and Burton. Yeah. yeah. Uh, probably Hanson. They're similar. 192 centimetres, Ryan Burton. It's a decent size. Yeah. Um, so Lockie will go over there, unless they push Lockie forward with the Brown stuff. So do you think Lockie will be a swingman, or what, what are your thoughts there, Philly? Uh, yeah, I guess. I, if, if he can't find it, I mean, they don't... 
I was surprised at the the change until you mentioned in the pre-show that that the strong word is that Thompson or uh, Brown are going to come up. If, if they both come up and Lockie plays, then I guess that to me that's a bit of a surprise because I think having the extra small defender in McKenzie would be would be handy. And and although he hasn't, he's been using his his classy left peg from kicking out. He he hasn't really got the ball forward much, and when he has it, yeah, I don't think he's delivered it that well. I, I thought at the MCG he would have come into his own a little bit, Brad McKenzie, and I'm really surprised mm. at, at the really really surprised at. The, I've, I would have preferred to... I mean, at this stage, it looks like we're going to finish eighth for all money. I know that you say we can drop out, but I think I think we'll finish eighth. And if, if you're putting Lockie Hansen in to put him in the shop window to maybe get something for him in a trade, along with a pick maybe for, I don't think God knows what, I, I get it. And I think we have to play him because it wasn't that long ago he was definitely... Not only best 22. I, I can remember, it was, it was either early last year or late the year before when... I think most people would have agreed that Lockie Hansen was in our top three most important players. It was when he got 30 disposals against Hawthorne. Yeah. 29 disposals. He, he killed them. And that, that day we got beat by the Gold Coast at Eddie Had. Did he have 26 or something marks? Like, he, he's got the ability. He's a, real, he's a good footballer. He's smart. He, oh, he, Jesus. He is. He's a smart footballer. <laughs> he runs to good spots. He knows how to intercept. He knows how, when to zone off and when to to stay on. I mean, he, occasionally he makes a bit of a laconic mistake, but... You get that from him. You're going to get that occasionally, but I don't, I don't hate the inclusion. I just don't know exactly the, the plan. And, and unless you're in the, uh, in the coaches' meetings, so you're not going to know the plan. But um, I, I think we're every chance to, to trouble them. I hope we punch on with them. I'm really looking forward to that. I hope Jordan Lewis and Luke Hodge saw on Saturday night. I want to see Brad Hill and Nahas going at it. That would be the funniest thing I'll ever see. <laughs> Brad, Hill wouldn't, Brad Hill wouldn't go at it unless it was. I mean, he, 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 bashes, he bashes people in nightclubs because they talk to his girlfriend. But he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't actually have a crack on the football field where someone could, could get retribution on him or anything like that. <laughs> I'm waiting for Squibson to um, squib again. That was so amusing. Him squibbing a contest last time we played them. He heard. I, he heard footsteps and he shit himself. I didn't see it, but the. Apparently, Jordan Lewis was on 360 last night. Yeah, that was he. Him. He called us out a little bit and said that we tried to beat him up last time, but it didn't work. I mean, do you know what, Jordan? Fuck it off, fuck Jordan Lewis. It did so. It fucking did work because Jack ran through Mitchell and put him down like a little bitch, and the rest of the Hawthorne oh. team lost their shit for the next hour and a half, not knowing which way to run. And they only the, won because of a diving flog and our misses. That's the only the, reason the they fact, won. The, the fact that we couldn't kick straight kept them in the game, and then they took advantage at the end. And that's fine. I mean, sometimes that's going to happen, and it's probably happened a little bit too much this year. But I've I've got no doubt that they were shitting themselves. And I liked I mean, I know Jordan. Jordan hometown, and he's mates with my brother, and I often talk to Jordan, and he's a good guy. But I don't know whether Clarkson's put him up to, to talk. I mean, he, he's normally pretty measured in what he say, says in the media, Jordan, and I, he wasn't measured in what he said about North Melbourne this week. So I'm not sure whether they're... Uh, they're trying to talk us out of roughing them up, but I hope we rough the fuck out of them. Um, we'll just finish with the matchups. So midfield, that's going to change a few times. But Gibson, Smith, or Hill, will you go to? You reckon, Quiz? Smith. Yeah, yeah Smith's more damaging. Yeah, he is. Totally agree. Hill's had a shit year. Like if Hill's having a good year, straight to him. But like normally his pace 
troubles us, but he's he's had a, he's having a really poor year from his standards. He's, he's got other things on his mind. So yeah, okay. he was really good. Was he really good the week before last? Though he played a really good game. Yeah, he did. Then again, but he's had a, overall he's had a pretty shit year. Like for a Hawthorne player, I'm surprised he hasn't been dropped. I really have. But yeah. Hard Tongue's had an equally crap year as well. So like he hasn't come on. There's a few players that just haven't quite come on that they expected. Midfield wise, and they've been carried a bit by their good small forwards. But anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, our forward line, Frawley probably goes straight to Petrie. Uh, Gibson, either Brown or Door. Um, I see him going to Door, maybe more so. Yeah, I think Door's a better option for him. Um, He's a hope so. Brown's far too tall for Gibson. Um, at least with Door, Gibson can rely on his uh, inexperience. Yeah. Um, and Brand will go straight to probably. Brown then, by the sound of that. Um, or Frawley might go to Brown and Brand might go to Petrie, and Petrie's out of form. But anyway, we'll see how we go. The other forwards, yeah, Burgoyne will sit off half-back like he always does, probably sitting on maybe a Thomas at times. But Burgoyne goes wherever he wants, pretty much. Uh, he's a hell of a footballer. We've got to put time into Burgoyne, I think. I think he's, Without a doubt. He's, he's, problem, the, though, cause he's, he's really the key matchup. He goes... Half back, he goes deep pocket, then he goes forward, then he goes to half forward, and he goes midfield. You can't. He's too hard to combat. He's such a good football. Do you know who the perfect matchup for him is that we don't have available? Who? Sam Wright. Yeah, he would too. That's perfect. Mm, yeah, that's a good call. Because Sam Wright can go forward, he uses the ball well. Left and one and right. on one, he doesn't get beat. One on one, he's good, he's quick, he's got good endurance. I think it, it would have been a. We don't we don't have him, so I should shut the fuck up. But he um it it, it hurts that we don't have for this week. Um we'll move so style wise, what do you think? Bit of a contest. Uh, uh, a, I mean it's at, it's at the MCG and we haven't we earlier. We haven't played there this year and we haven't we don't seem to have played outside in a little while either. But yeah, I, the weather's gonna be nice, I think. I think the I think, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good game to watch. It'll be better than last for sure. I think we'll open up a bit more this week. I think we'll sort out our issues going forward. I know it's a bit optimistic to say, and I'm basing it on absolutely nothing, but besides the wider ground of the MCG, but it's pretty much the same dimensions as Eddie had. There's only a slight difference. I, I feel we'll go a bit better this week. I think it'll be a bit more of a shootout than last week. You would hope so, anyway. I'm expecting much the same as the last time we played them. Bashing, crashing, good-looking football. Uh, yeah, um... Alright, we'll move straight on to Saint Courage then, because everyone knows what type of game this is going to be, so let's just go through the nominees first. Um, Big Boy McAvoy. Um, Good nominee. Hartung. Langford. Not Whitecross, because he's been injured, and I don't mind him. Uh, who else? Poppy's not a spud anymore. Bradley Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Gibson, because he's a gutless little squib. And that's really about it. And Segler. So, any nominees for the Courage guys? Uh, uh, Will Langford. Oh, prediction. Can I, I'm going to go with Will Langford. What? How many goals? I think he's going to he's going to get a lot of the ball. I think I think we're going to put time into the rest of them. We're not going to put time in here. <laughs> and I think he'll get a lot of the ball. I'm not sure he'll kick a goal. Do you have to? Do you have to is one of the rules of winning the carriage? You have to kick a goal. No, but you kind of have to score well. To, well if you kick goals, you score well. Okay. Well, if that's the case, I'm going to go with. Um, shit. No, they've got too many good players. Taylor Duray. Bastard. <laughs> I didn't know. I forgot about him. He's kind of one of those guys you just go, who? I'm sitting here looking he's, at him, hiding in the back pocket. Yeah, never do notice him. I'll pick him. God he's damn. probably in my top three least favourite players in the AFL. There you go. Why is that? Really? Because he, th- he thinks he's tough, and he runs around sniping. He 
can't remember. He hit a player from North Melbourne not last year, the year before, and I just lost it at him. He's, I don't like him. I don't like anything about Taylor Jure. I don't like Wasn't, his name. Did he patch? He might have, actually. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. He's just a, he's a little... I, I don't want to swear. I've already sworn enough on this show tonight, but I don't I don't like Taylor Jure. Mm. Well, mine's got to be Billy Soft Tongue, because I think he's a soft little pea-heart that's riding on the coattails of better players, just like most of their f- players... Anyway, um, for him, I reckon 30 disposals, three goals, just to ruin one night. 30 uh, disposals and three goals? <laughs> yep, 30 and three. If he gets 30 and three, we lose by 100. There you go. Oh, don't do that. Not... Well, don't. You said it. I know, but the 100, you didn't have to mention the 100, because it just brought back memories of 13, 13. <laughs> no, I don't, think, I don't think either side will be going to be fresh, as you said. I think it'll be a five-goal game either way, four to five-goal way. Anyway. Um, anything to add before we finish up, guys? I would like to add one thing. Um, I'm just trying to think how to best put it. I'll be trying to do it quickly. Um, today, just as I mentioned earlier, I was in uh, in family court all day, which was a fucking shit thing to do, and I don't recommend it to anyone. Um, but we got a really good result, and kids are safe, and they live with me permanently as an ongoing basis. I mentioned it only because of the uh, – well, Cop made a certified legendary thread, actually, about the uh, – the court situation that I've been through and all the support I've got from people in Big Footy. So this is more of a, a thank you to everyone for sending me really nice messages and for uh, for showing support throughout the last two years, which has been really hard. Um, on the downside, we didn't get costs, so it cost me 20 grand. But you know what? The kids' safety is worth every cent of that. So we're happy and we're celebrating. So thank you, everyone. That's good on you. Yeah, awesome. Congrats. Good thanks. result. Thank you. Uh, that's a good note to end on, any. So f- thanks for jumping on, guys. I appreciate that. No, thanks, mate. Welcome back, too. We missed you horribly. It's good as uh, Everyone else did a good job while you were away, but it's good to have you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> thanks for jumping on. Cheers, thanks, man. Quiv. But no worries at all. See you, Quiv. Enjoy Sydney, brother. All right, thank you, guys, for listening, and we'll be back next week.